All right, all right. Everybody pass your New Year's resolutions to the front of the class. My New Year's resolution was to teach you all the futility of hope. I hope you understand the message now. this ever happened to you honey i'm home boy what a day at city hall mitch wouldn't stop harassing my assistant becky you know mitch the lobbyist who keeps insisting i demolish downtown la (laughs) to build a mall presumably the size of downtown la well funny story becky stapled his leg and mitch Honey? (laughs) I don't want to alarm you, dear viewer, but as we speak, a plague of sexual psychological thrill threatens our urban planning. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Franklin here is a councilman in Los Angeles. He is but one victim of this scourge on 1990s America. All work and no play has made Franklin a cuckold. (laughs) Now let's see what Franklin could have done differently. Boy, howdy, this neighborhood is disgusting. Truly the armpit of the universe. No wonder Mitch wants to tear it all down. Good thing I came to see it with my own eyes and have no ulterior motives for avoiding my home life. (laughs) Get Get out of the car. Oh, God, I'm being carjacked. Why me? Oh, no. What will Franklin do now? (laughs) If only there was a guardian angel slash devil slash Jesus to help him. (laughs) Oh, my head is spinning. Who are you? Name's Sam Silver. You look like hell, buddy. Have a drink. Out. (coughs) What the heck is this? And why is it hot? Wine. Blood red! Served the way it should! Boiling hot! Uh, is there a phone nearby? I I need to call my wife. Look, I'm definitely not the guy who stole your car and wallet, friend. Uh, Well, that hadn't even occurred to me. (laughs) So, let's go into this conveniently located strip club. They've got a phone you can use. Hey, honey, uh, I won't be home until late. Um, no reason in particular. Don't, don't, don't wait up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a bourbon on the rocks, and, and my vagrant friend here will have a blood red wine. Uh, could you make sure it's microwaved? Now both Franklin and his wife can fulfill their deepest sexual desires, all without fear of kindling their own frigid relationship. <laughs> but what of city planning? I hear you desperately scream. Well, don't worry. I'm sure there'll be plenty of time for that between boink sessions. Or will there be? Uh, you want me to do what? Choke me. I want you to choke me with that red silk scarf of yours. It's so red and so silky. Oxygen (laughs) deprivation? Isn't that dangerous? I I couldn't bear to have your death on my mayoral campaign. I mean, conscience. It's okay. (laughs) I've done this loads of times. I'll be totally alive. Oh, but she wasn't totally alive, dear viewer. Lynn turned up dead, and with Franklin's awful red scarf around her neck, he was surely the culprit. 
But I didn't kill her. It was the scarf. <laughs> the scarf! Listen, pal, I believe you. But that cop had a heart attack and gently bumped this car into a pole. They'll blame you for that. Yeah, after you stared at him. That's awfully convenient timing. We gotta get you to safety. Quick, into the strip club. Ugh, my head again. (laughs) Becky? Is that you beneath that terrifyingly sexy white mask? It wasn't your... I can't do Becky. What's Becky's voice? Okay. She's uber assistant. Imagine... Shoulder pads. Voice with shoulder pads. (laughs) It wasn't your scarf. It was me. I did it for you, Councilman. All for you. Why frame me for murder? It's my job to help you. You were moral, upstanding, so pure. And then that damn red scarf came along. (laughs) Its silkiness dragged you into this world of sexual thrill and intrigue. Again... How is framing me for murder helping me? (laughs) Well, you see... Sam! Oh, thank God! Yeah! God! (laughs) Here you go, Councilman! Take this tape of her confession! I'm sure it'll clear your name! No, I don't think I will. I'm done with urban planning. I want a life! But you swore an oath, I must... Assuming, won't this neighborhood be demolished if you don't do something about it? Probably. See, dear viewer, no wholesome urban planning can survive if this plague of sexual thrillers continues. We must protect our city council members at all costs, for they are our greatest American heroes. (laughs) Believe it or not, it's just them. (laughs) What was the message of the piece? What was the message of the movie, Jamie? What was the message of the movie? William Catt is an honest politician trying to wash the dirt from the city until one night his deepest fears become uncontrollable desires. Once you give in to temptation, you might as well go for it. William Catt, Maria Ford, and Roger Craig of the San Francisco 49ers. He'll love it. He'll love it to death. Naked Obsession. Whew, what a psychosexual thrill. Let's get through the roll call first. Uh, Jamie Kennedy? Believe it or not, the star of this flick was once a hero on primetime TV. <laughs> now tied to a chair while his stalker sucks dick. Who could it be? <laughs> Believe it or not, the greatest American hero is he. <laughs> Greg Hansen? Well, damn. Have you guys heard that they're planning on completely redeveloping the obvious metaphor quarter? <laughs> oh, no. Where will we meet our literal god in the machine? Where? <laughs> they paved paradise and put up a parking lot, Greg. <laughs> Casey Reagan? Honestly, never felt it was more appropriate than now to say this phrase. Jesus titty fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and I'm Josh Roth saying this movie had 150% more discussion of ties than I would have anticipated. Plus <laughs> well, the ties that bond us. Yeah, really a lot of ragged on that tie. And it turned out to actually be essential to the plot, which yeah, was surprising. Yeah, it really tied the plot together. Hey, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Central to the plot is an overstatement because that assumes plot and centrality. <laughs> this is the second horniest movie we've ever done, I think. I don't think this reaches number one. I think Devil Riders still I think, yeah, I think Devil it, right? Rider somehow is sexier than this movie. Okay. Or at least, yeah, definitely hornier, but... Hornier, yes, because this movie was a frank and adult look at sexuality. Yes, I it was. I found this. I, uh, this one was... of my favorite sex scenes of all time, which was a real-time sex scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I can easily say this is my favorite movie set in the strip club that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and that is above Magic Mike XXL, which did once get me laid. <laughs> I wish I could say that. Greg, what is your favorite strip club movie? After watching this, I did, because I had a little extra time today, I watched Dan Golden's follow-up to this, which is called Strip Teaser. What? Which also Doesn't it use footage from this? Does it? It does not. Okay. Even though IMDb makes Says it, it does, seem yes. like. Yeah. It's basically like, do you want to see no William Cat and a lot more Rick Dean? <laughs> because Strip Teaser is for you. <laughs> I don't know if no. I do. I don't. Yeah, no. They were like, all right, get Cat out of here. He's cost. Ten ten dollars too much, but fucking Rick is gonna come back and he will. He'll just monologue for the whole movie, and then Maria can show her, her boobies a little bit, and or That's a lot disappointing. of it. That's disappointing because I think this movie did had exactly the right amount of Rick Dean. Correct. That's like yeah. the that's the success of this movie. Is it knew exactly when to use Jesus Christ the de- the Superstar. devil. Superstar. Yeah. Yeah, and yet there's a whole movie of him monologuing. So if you're if you're interested, I'm not interested. <laughs> I got to tell you, I liked it more. Really? <laughs> I liked it a lot more. I I I was I what? was I thought this was middle. What? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. We have to go back for a second. Casey, how did you get laid because of Magic Mike XL? <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. That was insane that y'all just blew past that. That was like that made me feel so I Casey, felt like you can't I can't say blow past anything in this episode. <laughs> you know, I just watched it with someone and then we had sex afterwards. That's as climactic as this movie. Okay. <laughs> Immediate setup. Immediate payoff. Pay exactly. It's just like this movie. Just- it's, you say one line and then you pay it off immediately. Do not let it sit or linger at all. <laughs> You're not allowed to say the phrase immediate payoff while I'm telling a story about my sexual conquest. <laughs> How dare you? No, but it's because Magic Mike XXL, it is just that simple because Magic Mike XXL is like... Uh, a masterpiece, yes. A masterpiece, but also uh, like an aphrodisiac movie. It's oysters. I know that doesn't sound sexy, but it is. <laughs> so what is Sam Silver? Is he the devil? Is he God? Is he Jesus? What is he? He's Virgil. It's Dante Square, y'all. Come on. Oh! Oh. Oh God, <laughs> they broke. <laughs> yeah, and also a little God, a little devil, because apparently we are all yin yangs, as it were. Yeah, he's Jesus Christ pretty explicitly a couple times. Yeah, he's t- he is chained up 
on a cross. And, and he has a dream where he's Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, yeah, also that. But he also has a dream where he's like, he's like St. Peter. He's like waiting for him. And he's like, you're not here yet. Right. It's like a Jesus Christ who's doing the like Kubrick stare. It's like an Int JC stare. Christ. All right, I quit. I quit the podcast. <laughs> I said the ties that bonds us earlier, and no one reacted to it. And I was going to just brush past it because we're friends. We've known each other a long time. Greg uh, interrupted my sex story to make a joke about quick releases. Very funny, Greg. Isn't that nice to say to a friend of decades? And then now I give you int JC stare, and this uh, I just don't get that. I don't one. get That's it either. I don't understand it uh, all right then this makes this decision even easier we need to dissolve the podcast it's simply just not working i never thought naked obsession would be the thing that tore us apart <laughs> to be honest i knew it was going to <laughs> yeah you know what casey maybe you're right because the opening scene is very very interesting from like a filmmaking oh, standpoint because it's like homage to citizen kane basically yeah. which is Fascinating. And now, the man we all demanded as the new mayor of this city, Franklin Carlisle! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it is with great pride that I now take office as your newly elected mayor. People giving speeches at this city hall come cathedral like and i do emphasize come there um, yeah. I do. Uh, <laughs> it was also just a pretty well rendered dream i found mm -hmm. like it had yeah. dream logic the audience members all had like no faces which was cool this is minute 15 seconds of the movie so it's like suddenly it's like flash blank faces watching this politician in this church-like cathedral giving a speech and then he turns to see a silhouetted man in a trench coat sorry not silhouetted spotlit man in a like different oh, yeah. universe blast him with a shotgun and his last image is a christ-like figure accepting him into his embrace and then turning evil <laughs> i uh, yeah, I liked it, Greg. I liked <laughs> this movie. I, it was it was fun. Fuck that shit, man. <laughs> and then he wakes up. He had this prophetic dream because he had closed his tie in a drawer and had fallen asleep. Franklin. Oh my God, Franklin! You were choking. What happened to you? I fell asleep. I must have pushed this drawer shut on my tie when I slumped over. Well, darling, be more careful. You scared me. And look. Look what you've done to your best tie. He was accidentally asphyxiating himself. All the foreshadowing for the whole movie is this first it's minute. Distill the whole movie down to a one-minute short film, and this is what you got. I don't know. I don't think he accidentally closed his tie on that. Oh, no. no. Interesting. You're telling me this guy never jerked off at work? Come on. <laughs> Come on. This guy, Franklin? No. This is the beginning of like all the fucking tie talk. And all the fucking tie uh, talk? Talk? <laughs> That's basically what this movie is. <laughs> fucking. Fucking tie. tie talk. talk. We'll be right back with more fucking tie talk. <laughs> There's a lot of elements I dig about this, and I kind of chose it because I tend not to watch erotic thrillers. Yes. I have some friends that are like the most slept on genre in 
B-movies right now is erotic thrillers. Really? Tapes are dirt cheap. People give them very little love. And they can be as pulpy and trashy as the next. And I've always been a little bit reticent. And I watched this and I remembered why, which is <laughs> I just don't care about watching people have sex on screen. Yeah. Don't yeah. care. I don't Same. I find I find stripping to be a boring thing to watch for yeah. more than yeah. two minutes. And so better be well edited is all I can say to strip yeah, scenes and, in movies. And <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like I like the bodily fluids in my B movies to be red, not white. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Ooh. also interesting because like this is the heyday for the psychosexual thriller. Like nineteen ninety mm-hmm. to what, nineteen ninety six tops? Like that this yeah, was like nine ninety five, apparently showgirls killed it. Yeah. <laughs> Though Showgirls wasn't actually an erotic thriller, it was pretty pretty highly billed as one, and it was Paul Verhoeven and George Erzhouts, I don't remember, I, I think that's his name, uh, the writer and director of uh, Basic Instinct coming back mm-hmm. together, and, and Jade, which is William Friedkin, apparently both uh, flopped, both critically panned, and... That was basically sort of the end of the big budget erotic thriller. Right. Well, it's so, so interesting it, to see the death of a genre, like to the point, like, yeah. rarely I feel like does that happen where a whole genre just kind of disappears to the point where, like, they made one this year with uh, Ben Affleck <laughs> yeah. and uh, Ana de Armas that, like, tanked because people are like, what is this? What is this movie? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, have, I have two words for you, Jamie. Internet. <laughs> there is no reason reason for erotic thrillers to exist for the majority of the human population at this point. But what if I read Playbill for the articles, Craig? <laughs> Playbill? Playbill? <laughs> <laughs> A Freudian slip of Jamie's if ever I've heard one. Okay, confirmation, Jamie's never had sex. Jamie Virgin confirms. Confirmation, Jamie's like... Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, Christian Borles in this. (laughs) Dear Evan Hansen, I've never written a letter like this before. (laughs) Wicked. I hear what you're saying, and I think it's totally fair. I might not feel so warm about this movie if I didn't watch it literally in the hour and 25 minutes before we started (laughs) recording this podcast. Like... Like I was able take a stand. Tell me I'm wrong, Casey. I don't. I don't mind. No, no, no. I can take it. (laughs) Based on this movie alone, I can enter the idea that erotic thrillers are a like slept on B movie genre. Because yes, the early stripping really was forgettable and ignorable. I ordered food. I, I like, <laughs> I'll be honest. I was sort of half playing video games at the beginning of the movie, but you know, like watching the movie, but like, you know, yeah. especially during strip scenes, I could just like, all right, back to the game. And then yeah, angry birds, fucking Casey's been slaying. Uh, <laughs> I just found this new one, fruit ninja. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> However, there was in a similar way to what you want out of a B movie that is exploiting, violence or slasher like murder the stripping got more interesting as the movie went on like the first strip scene it's like yeah every b movie ever uh dolly shots from the back of heads (laughs) looking up at like a lady a topless lady going look at these fellas and then like bending over and being like, this is also for you. And them all going, yeah. And like, you're like, okay, fine. I should respond to this email anyway. So <laughs> might as well. 
Lynn, her like entrance onto the scene in the sort of like business attire in her working girl outfit yeah exactly <laughs> i i was like oh interesting a, a flourish a, and then yeah she takes off her clothes for a long time <laughs> and then he goes back and fantasizes about the wife stripping and it's like oh now it's psychosexual now it's like within his head and then the next stripping scene is like, oh, you missed it. I, I It was me, Lynn. I did it. I was just filling in for half an hour. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah I'm back in my... Because well, I live immediately outside of the club. <laughs> now the horniness has turned into very li- like Ju- like a Juno scene. It's like, oh God, oh geez, this is incredible. Then we go to Fifty Shades of Grey. We <laughs> end at like a eyes wide shut, cum <laughs> yeah. basic yeah. instinct. Again, I am sticking <laughs> the cum here. As he usually does. <laughs> and I found the temptation of Franklin Carlisle to be a like pretty cool story and the fact that the clearly devil character is not who's trying to damn him is just is yeah his virgil is like his a robert pattinson and tenet is like just like oh i did it for you gov oh, i did it i died at the beginning of the movie you remember i'm going back to it to die <laughs> the a story is the b story of the devil's like escort mission <laughs> to save strip club hell? I don't know. It's awesome. I yeah. loved this movie. Jamie brought it up earlier, but what is the message? We've been introduced to some lobbyists and how certain lobbyists work in politics. Mm-hmm. And I think Sam Silver is just a lobbyist by any other name. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Who yeah. Um, is using Absolutely. his ways to lobby, be like, hey, man, I hear you're thinking of tearing down strip cub alley strip this strip alley and like i gotta tell you there's a lot here that you need to appreciate as as a community member and it works i think i don't know if we really had to (laughs) pinpoint it i think the movie's just about how a white guy learns to not just think about work (laughs) that's what the movie's about like it's a weird take on a jack chick tract i'm gonna be perfectly honest (laughs) he literally takes his tie off yeah yeah (laughs) no but if you're looking for the meaning the message of this movie look to literally every single sam silver line because yeah. he, every line is a moral, but like the, we're all ying, we're all yang. <laughs> life ain't personal. Don't take it so seriously. That's like his first line in the Once movie. Once you give it to temptation, you might as well go for it. I also don't think he's the devil. I think he is. I think he's just a really cool Jesus, guys. Yeah, he's, <laughs> maybe he's not the devil. Maybe he's just Jesus. But that's the thing. That's why this movie. It's great for us to be an entree into erotic thriller B movies because we are transitioning into an erotic thriller b-movie podcast at least my uh shares that i'm putting into will be put towards an erotic thriller b-movie podcast only and uh again we, we are dissolving the podcast here so i just want to make clear that if anybody is looking to invest in an erotic thriller b-movie podcast then contact me and not any of the other video high accounts anyway uh but <laughs> i do think that this was a great 
way to insert ourselves into the mm-hmm. genre, if you will, <laughs> because the moral at the end of the day, it's fuck how you want, bro. Like, just fuck people. Like, stop. Like, like the problem, <laughs> the problem at the end was him projecting himself as a squeaky clean politician. I mean, I'm not to victim blame. Like <laughs> Becky's psychosis was tipped off by needing to like kneel at the altar of this like perfect politician who is like uncorruptible when that was a obvious falsehood. This guy's immediately corruptible. <laughs> if we're just talking about giving in to sexual pleasures and I, I suppose adultery. But, but when has that ever hurt anyone? said the unmarried podcaster (laughs) (laughs) do what you want no one says you have to go be a politician and destroy sections of a city based on some sort of puritanical sense of good and evil when really at the end of the day the person who committed the evil acts in this movie was like a functionary of puritanical government clean up the streets culture was like the assistant who was like i thought you were perfect well speaking of doing your own thing why was william cat in this movie (laughs) because it's i'm very intrigued i wish i knew more of his history because to go from johnny boy scout basically into yeah i'll do this knockoff of uh psychosexual thrillers that's all the rage right now what led him to that journey well, it's Equus, right? It's Equus. It's Cosmopolis. The horse? It's, the horse play? It, it, it's that you know me for being a squeaky clean star, so I'm going to go show my dick. I mean, that's what these movies were, right? At this time, like, if you were a TV star or something, you could just, like, immediately be like, take me seriously in movies in a way that is both shocking and, who knows, might make a, a million billion dollars, so... Because yeah. people be horny out there. I mean, he was in Carrie. He was in Big Wednesday. He was in House. So, like, he had done B-movies pretty pretty consistently throughout his career. My guess is uh, Greatest American Hero ends in 86. This is 90. So, you know, he doesn't have a ton of big credits between those times. Uh, he was in White Ghost with Red Brown, a B-war movie. Uh, my guess is that he was like... Ah, shit, I can get TV, but I don't want to do any more TV. I really want to do more movies. And Corman was like, Bill, I loved you and Carrie, bro. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's see the dingling. <laughs> I really appreciate what erotic thrillers attempted to do by way of trying to recontextualize film noir and make it mm, sort of yeah. new and sexy. There's a lot of interesting stuff there, but there's just too much emphasis placed on the sexy stuff that personally I just end up losing interest because the characterization that is lost in that, I tend to just be like, okay, fine, you're horny. I get it. We all are. (laughs) Maybe the problem is... Maybe I'm just not as horny as you are, Casey. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I, I do feel particularly horny (laughs) and i say this knowing as we go through the legal process of dissolving the podcast you can use that again that was sexual harassment that will be used in the court of law damn it I could describe myself as Franklin in that last striptease where he's sitting there just like, all right, I'll be aroused, but I'm not going to be happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was me through this movie. (laughs) I I was definitely forgiving of the sexy stuff, but also like half paying attention. What I was more into was the 
Gentrification. Yeah. <laughs> Urban planning. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Redistricting. <laughs> Permits. <laughs> Let's talk about civil service. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, that gets me not hot and bothered, but uh, bothered. <laughs> it was a ballet or an opera, and like those two art forms, there's aspects of them that go on way too long and are not super compelling. <laughs> uh, but uh, still, there was something grand, grandiose about the story it was telling. And and to be like the message at the end, to be like, hey, I'm Jesus, I'm the devil, who cares? You're on this planet for a little moment. Stop trying yeah. to like kick fucking low-income families out of their houses and like <laughs> and like fuck sometimes and go get late yeah the one thing that i think did really bother me was this movie's complete inability to give us any time between a setup and a payoff they're like yes. yeah scene one the tie scene two the tie scene three the tie payoff <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard for there to be tension when it immediately gets undercut by whatever the next problem is <laughs> yeah oh i came home and my wife is having an affair with that lobbyist <laughs> who won't leave me alone oh you know what i'm free okay gonna go wash my face and they're dead they're dead okay they're dead <laughs> they're <All right>. dead. <laughs> problem solved <laughs> but and, more but new problems started <laughs> i totally disagree you 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 y'all are saying in sarcastic voices what I would describe as good storytelling. <laughs> there is, at every point, it ratchets. It never, yeah. I mean, until people need to take their clothes off and then, then, it, then it takes a break. Yeah, then it chills out. <laughs> it, chills it, out. It, it, it ratchets in the way like when you accidentally tighten your seatbelt over and over and over again and you're like, okay. Or okay. your autoerotic uh, uh, <laughs> strangulator when you just tighten that a little, just a little bit more. I, I don't disagree, Casey, with the ratcheting aspect. If that wasn't the only move this it, it's it's like a lover where it's like they only got one move which <laughs> is great for five to ten minutes come but on you have to you have to vary it up a little bit casey you gotta open your come there's on. more to it than missionary appreciate that i can appreciate that but you know, sometimes you're doing missionary and you do, you know, that hip thing and it's different. <laughs> <laughs> the plot, so much as it is, is pretty razor thin. Franklin Carlisle is a, uh, is a, what is he? A city He's council a city member. councilman of city LA, council of which member. there are a variety of districts that we should know because our election is coming up, but I don't. Yep. And Dante's Square is one of them, I guess the one he represents. The secretary is being sexually harassed continually by a lobbyist, by Mitch. Lobbyists need love, too. Besides, beautiful woman like you. Forget it, Mitch. I will not influence the councilman for you. You have got me all wrong. All work, no play. That is the sort of silent assault that happens every day, Josh. Oh, it was not silent. <laughs> it was very loud. <laughs> the, and you know what? The silence is deafening. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a proposal for Franklin to clean up Dante's Square District, which he calls the armpit of the universe, which seems a bit extreme. They want to run a mall, six blocks of condos, and a church right through the middle of Dante's Square. That is a bad area. Could be a major facet of my clean up the city campaign. Did you seen that released at the Times? Of course. Did it? 
Okay. Well, tomorrow I'll do some paperwork. But tonight, get some first-hand information. Franklin goes on a drive around Dante Square for reasons. The most ex- upsetting part of the movie was he. they just got a shot like out the window of a city street corner. And he was yeah. like, yeah, this is bad. We got to fix this. <laughs> yeah. I got to tear this all down. Yeah, it made yeah. me hate him. It made me I'm immediately hate him. You. Yeah. I'm going to displace <laughs> you. I'm going to PA working on this movie who's like, that's my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the RoboCop episode I talked about, like, you guys were like, this movie's about gentrification. I was like, you can't say this is well done. This is too on the nose. (laughs) This movie is too. I had no idea how subtle RoboCop 3 was. This is just, like, literally a guy going like, eek, move them out. (laughs) And it made me hate him. And so when he stops at a red light and someone bashes his head in and steals his car, I was like, yay! <laughs> Good. A lot of two by fours fly so in from off screen in this movie. And it happens to Franklin at least twice, I think more. It's one thing to get knocked out on your feet. I feel like it's very impressive to get carjacked out of your car. <laughs> oh my God. Carjacked unconscious. Unconscious. Is, is an interesting yeah. thing. <laughs> While he's blocking out, he does see a vision of an angry Jesus that then morphs into Sam Silver. Oh, right. Yep. You want a drink? No. Hey, have a fucking drink, man. Around here, drinks and friends are hard to come by. Better not to turn one down. Know what I mean? So a funny thing about Sam Silver, the director, Dan Golden, is also an actor and also ultimately became a producer. The audience might know him for producing things like Sharktopus, (laughs) Asteroid versus Earth, and (laughs) Dire Wolf. A lot of bullshit, right? (laughs) But as a producer, often credited himself as Sam Silver. Oh, really? As an actor... He often credited himself as Sam Silver before this and after this. Oh, so that was like his alias? Yes. So it's particularly interesting. That's so uh, good. think Ooh. that, that Ooh. director Dan Golden, I guess, sees himself as Sam Silver. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> as a sort of temptatious rescuer figure or maybe just god and the devil in the same right uh, what what is a director if not both <laughs> yeah wow and the fact that it is also he's dan golden and it's yeah. sam silver sam it's silver. like oh, oh wow okay he wasn't played by the director right it was a different it was yeah. a different... no no is yeah yeah that's oh it's just the, the name okay. just the name of the assumed name of the director in other things Okay, yeah, I love that. It's interesting to have a movie that is your alter ego played yeah. by someone else. What do you think, huh? Dark in here. Nothing wrong with the dark. Spend half your life in it. Problem is, most people keep their eyes closed. Phones over there. So Sam Silver brings Franklin into the Yin Yang Strip Club, which is so subtle. So subtle. (laughs) Not only so subtle, also the amount of times that this movie shows the door of the Yin Yang Club in the center of frame, the big Yin Yang. We should point out that the door is 
a yin yang. There is a yin yang symbol right yeah. over. Guys, as they're walking towards the yin yang strip club, Sam Silver is is monologuing to Franklin, going, "Yeah, you know, you need both the dark and light of the world." Yeah, it's yeah. like they're not yeah. not not hiding it. They're not 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 yeah. not hiding. It. <laughs> they, they hang enough lanterns on it to illuminate a film set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once they're inside, boy, homie orders a red wine, and what apparently the, the strip club has burgundy, which <laughs> I call shenanigans. <laughs> but they keep it chilled. And they keep it chilled. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very cold. cold burgundy that he orders hot. He like wants it hot. No, he wants it warm. Yeah. Warm. And, oh, and, and yeah. the, the way, second time, the second, the second time. time he gets it hot because that's the dumb waitress. That <laughs> is lodged in my brain. That moment has erased all other instances now, of wine. Now I'm just a simple country farmhand who doesn't know wine, but this is a, it's not like, it's not right, right? No, typically not. You want to keep your red wine warm traditionally. It's supposed to be like (laughs) room room temperature. temperature, Yeah, okay, okay, temperature, not warm. Follow up question: What about when you mix the red and the white? Does that make rosé? I do. I do believe that is the process. That is that is one hundred percent not the process. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how you make rosé at all. (laughs) Sam Silver pays for their drinks with what we learn is Franklin's wallet. I did like that. Which I thought was a nice touch. I I thought that that. was funny. How they use Sam Silver in this movie is perfect. You can look at this movie from any perspective and say he saved him. He ruined his life. But what you can't deny is like they had they had real chemistry. They were really friends, yeah. like immediately. And that's that with that. I like that Sam makes sure to include him in Lynn's dance. He's like, don't forget my buddy. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna corrupt this guy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great, and the fact that at no point does Franklin ever play from a position of like, get this gross guy away from no, me. No, he is grateful to Sam's like to everything Sam does for him. Even though Sam stole his car and wallet, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know he that. Doesn't know that. <laughs> He should. <laughs> we get, I mean, narratively speaking, no sense that Franklin has any other friends. Right. No, no. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not even his wife. He's got a sycophant, uh, a wife that sees him as a commodity and a lobbyist who's fucking his wife. It's the re- it's the reverse male gaze. He's the one being objectified by everybody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a stripper who relieves him of that. Uh, burden by being like, yeah, man, being fucking objectified rules. I love, I love, I love to, I love doing sex and showing sex and fucking. You want to choke me? You want to like kill me? That's pretty. Hot. <laughs> I really did love this movie, y'all. Warts and all, you know. Like, I, I understand where it was boring and where there are. I'm sure someone with a fine tooth comb could find a sexist message in there, but <laughs> a fine tooth comb or a shotgun. Hi guys. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Scotch. My buddy's a little shook up. Just got mugged. Oh, poor baby. Hey, you gotta stick around for my act. I'll give you a real special show. Yeah, we meet Lynn, who is a stripper slash waitress at the Ying Yang 
strip club. I uh, she dances to a couple interesting songs. Welcome oh. to the dark side. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I have a theory. <laughs> okay. Which yeah. which Spit. is Spit the reason that this movie has so many strip scenes <laughs> is because. They spent all their money on thematically relevant needle drop songs. <laughs> and I watched through the Ooh, credits. I like there are so they many. They pre-cleared them and they're like, shit, we have shit. to use yeah. them now. They yeah. have a huge catalog. Because Lynn, Lynn dances to like the entirety of Welcome to the Dark Side. And then I was like, great, okay, we're done with this. <laughs> then she comes back Immediate out. encore. Immediate encore. For one night no, 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 with no. you. Cinemax, Jamie Cinemax, not encore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe encore after dark. <laughs> Talk about immediate setup and payoff. She, she gets off the first performance, and I was like, oh, she didn't get naked. Uh, weird. That's yeah. what I thought, too. I was like, these are very nice patrons at the Skid Row strip club that are just like, yeah, she's a great dancer. Get it, queen. <laughs> Go off. And Frank looks in pain during these performances. Like, yeah. it's really hard to read him. Like, Again, becomes... this is my favorite movie, I think, set in a strip club because <laughs> I've not been to many because, yes, Greg, I, too, find them to be uncomfortable experiences by and large. It is not like, a, this is awesome. It's like, that is a very attractive naked person. Do we talk to them? No? Oh, yeah. all right. I guess <laughs> I'll leave then. The first time I was ever in a strip club, my friend then goes up and he makes it rain. You know, he takes a bunch of ones and he makes it rain for the person. A bunch of dancing. love notes, a bunch as of they love say notes, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Great. And then I walks back action. and comes back to me and goes, "You need to do that now." And I go, I, I'd, "I'd rather not." He goes, "No, you have to. We're a strip club. You have to do it." I go, "Okay." And then I look, I start walking up and I open my wallet and I only have like, like tens and a five so i was like oh no and so i take out the five i guess and as i'm walking the music ends and <laughs> the one thing that tv and movies had not prepared me for was the f- the fact that the dancers then get on the ground and just start like a like a human roomba just collecting all these like can't even give this poor person a fucking broom like could you not get like a, can I, uh, but oh, so, no. so so she's like collecting all the money that had accrued on the stage we just need one of those Vegas car dealer, you know, like the paddles that the fuck back rack. <laughs> yeah. to just, like, to just, just grab it all. Or like a leaf blower or something. Something to like <laughs> suck it all up, which would have been such a like awesome ending. And the whole a... thing's a trap door and the stripper and the money just falls into, <laughs> into a void. So now it's Jabba's palace is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Candy's fine everybody. She landed on your generous, generous tips. Give it up for yourselves, everybody. <laughs> anyway, this person is collecting all this, all this money from the ground and I walk over there's no music playing and I extend my five dollar bill and go say like thank you very much for the dance and she goes I can't take it from you and I'm like no no please you more than earned and she's like no no you don't understand you idiot I literally can't take the dollar you have to like throw it up here or like oh. put it in my g-string or like i can't literally just like accept it from you and i was like oh okay but she's like a distance away so i balled it up <laughs> and i just kind of tossed it over like sort of kobe it over to her 
<laughs> and uh, said thank you again and walked back. And my friend was like, "That was that you, you totally and completely ruined my boner. That was <laughs> the saddest thing I've ever seen. We left pretty soon after that. I was going to ask if you, if you guys went to the buffet after that or what. <laughs> no, so I feel like, yeah, Franklin is... He just, it's weird. It's weird to be in the front. If you're not, if you haven't given into it, like Sam Silver, it is weird to be sitting in the front row. You have to either be like a just hooting chud or you're looking them in the face and like (laughs) nodding and being like, yes, I agree with how sexy you are. Very well. (laughs) Very done. She takes his red tie and rubs. Flosses. Yeah. Yeah. Flosses her somewhere. Yes. Lynn accepts the tie. Now the two oh, women in his life have denied oh, yeah. that sexy inner part of him, that like little oh, bit, that, li- the that red, little freak. The, the red silk tie. That he mm. choked himself with. Yeah, this red silk no, tie. No, 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 he doesn't. He, cho- he choked himself oh, with a different, different tie. No, let's just pretend yeah, yeah, because- he does. Let's just pretend he does. Who cares? These <laughs> fucking idiots don't watch this movie. Fuck them. <laughs> anyway, we'll cut this part. We love our listeners. Uh, no, uh, what? No, I, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> the, Lynn accepts the tie. Lynn took the tie. Lynn loved the tie. Oh, did Lynn love the tie? Well, okay, Lynn. Hey, you want to drive me home? See, I usually catch a ride with this girl, Denise, but she's not here tonight. And, well, it's only a couple blocks, but, God, the neighborhood, I, I hate trying to walk. Say no more. I'd like that. Yeah, I really liked Lynn as a character, too. Lynn was good. I, I liked Lynn. Lynn was a and sweetheart. And that's Maria Ford, who, behind William Cat, would be the biggest name in the movie, at least for folks of a certain persuasion, which is she's in a lot of these <laughs> masturbators? kinds of movies. Are you, are you referring to <laughs> masturbators, by and large? But is known, at least in the horror community, as one of the original 80s, 90s scream queens. Oh, really? I mean, she's kind of got just this like natural, captivating, yeah. again, big-eyed, innocent thing that i think she pulls off in a in a way that is that doesn't feel forced at all which is i yeah. think surprising it assists the transition from temptress on the stage you know up there sexually seducing our main clean boy and then when she the second scene at the strip club when they come back and sam silver has like some sort of line there's like a close up of sam silver where again he gives the message of them i've i've forgotten i i you know i stopped keeping track because they were all pretty cool but he has some <laughs> sort of close-up message that is basically like do some devil stuff won't you and then uh a crucifix <laughs> once you give like, it to temptation is that that yeah, one and then a, oh a yeah, cross the, yeah the necklace, crucifix dangles, like, dangles into screen, into screen <laughs> and it's lynn who's now in like a in like an easter sweater <laughs> and going like <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 heading home. Could I get a ride? Uh, like very clearly, I was interested in you yesterday. I still am. Let's go have some sex, please. <laughs> and then they go do just that, and it's human and kind of nice. And I really like that first sex scene because it is like there's, it's the it's, most realistic I've ever seen on film. Their romance was so compelling. The Lynn and Franklin scenes were fucking. Awesome and fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a like pure temptation flirtation that started with a like a necktie (laughs) that started with a necktie. And then it was, yeah, it was just full fantasy portrayal and come trueness. I don't know what word to say, but (laughs) it was fantasy come trueness. But at the same time, it was like sweetly 
human and like done in a, a movie that had previously given us sexuality in like <laughs> like long dolly shots back and forth of uh, women just shaking their a dinners strip tease around. and an encore to a striptease yeah, which exactly. you don't get a lot of in cinema <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to just like the most 80s strip clubby music of all time then to cut to a sex scene that is just like quiet intimate and real and embarrassing and pathetic and like then immediately like I want to continue this like let's please i don't want to just stop here like it just felt like sex it felt like people having sex it's not wafting curtains whatsoever it's just like thrust 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 done oh no you did nothing you didn't finish and she's like it's fine. This was about kind of the journey. I'm glad you're happy. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I did. I did kind of like that. He was at least courteous enough to be like, wait, wait, wait. We got to rectify. Yeah, that. yeah. Hold <laughs> on. It's I, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I expected the scene to be over. No. It, then it's like, yeah, let's go do what I want to do. Then now. <laughs> she wanted a little bit of that. You know, a light choking. The uh, the 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 oh. The Carradine special is what I was going to say. Oh. I made myself sad. Because we did it already. And yeah. I know. Oh, the young grasshopper. She asked for the... She asked for the, <laughs> she asked for the young grasshopper, we'll call it. Asphyxiation. What do they call it? Oxygen deprivation. You've done it before? Well, no, but I've read about it. That's very dangerous stuff. I mean, people have died hanging themselves. I know you'll be careful. I trust you. But it's up to you. Oh, I don't know. Don't worry. Relax. It's okay, I like it. The way they talk about it feels very like 1990s inside edition where it's like wait, wait you want me to what you know i've heard that's killing people but wait don't we need oxygen <laughs> isn't oxygen good do you know what your teens are doing <laughs> it's nine o'clock are your kids breathing right now <laughs> it's also interesting because the first sex scene is done in complete silence with no score it's just all sound effects and then the second one is has this like animalistic music that gets like really intense ooh i think i know why cuz after this it goes into like the basic instinct shit we don't really ever return to just like long shots of people well that's not true i no. guess we do at the end <laughs> but it's utilized to push back pretty hard on it's that it's utilized to a different effect later in the movie give me that <laughs> your honor i'll allow it <laughs> i feel like the realism of the sex scene was maybe to get the masturbators to come and focus on the movie <laughs> like it's like make it like you know get everyone hard. Eat your vegetables is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Get everyone like horned up because you have to like move units. People are like violently jerking it in there, you know, trying to like watch the movie and get through it. You put it like minute thirty, an actual like release scene to get those jerkers in the seats jerking, and then finally like, oh right, sex. Oh god. And then they're done, and it's like, oh, right, there was a story. Okay, I should pay attention again. <laughs> Dan Golden, you're, you're a genius. We did skip over Franklin's incredibly sad home life. Ooh. He gets home late. I thought you would be home hours ago. 
I already said that I was sorry. Oh, it's not your fault, dear. But I would have really appreciated a phone call. And I'm sorry you got mugged. But what did you expect going there at night? That whole area is horrible. Ooh, they should tear it down, build a mall or something decent. You could write an issue like that right into office. We could get all the best tables and all the best restaurants. Oh, sweetheart, this way drink. He sort of zones out and then like has this fantasy of her stripping. So he does come on to her and whoa, then she whoa, immediately whoa, Josh, Josh. Whoa, whoa, can we whoa, whoa. we can re- we can <laughs> reword that, I think. God damn it. <laughs> he tries to kiss her. He does come all over. Yeah. <laughs> come on, we're edging people out there, Josh. Let's see. The same people who are jerking it through a whole movie are jerking it <laughs> through our hour podcast. and a half podcast. Okay, whoa. Do you think someone oh, of our no. listeners has this ever no. masturbated Don't to us? I'm not going to be vain. Head. I'm not going to be vain, but masturbated with us. <laughs> <laughs> like, was masturbating while listening to us. Casey, I wonder... If one of the four of us could answer this question. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, look, the very act of recording a podcast is pretty masturbatory. I would say we're all... My blouse! Damn it. Look. Look what you've done. You've ruined it. I'm sorry. Don't you ever try that again. I know I have a tendency to think every decision is purposeful, <laughs> and doctors are trying to convince me otherwise, but <laughs> was she bad at acting on purpose? Because the <laughs> wife character was by far the weakest of the performers. Like, yeah. she's She really sucked. Her and Becky both felt like they were femme fatales in a film noir, which this movie wasn't. Mm, but, interesting. But okay. Becky, I liked, because Becky does the evil turn, I found her charming enough through the, the rest of the movie as just a performer. And I was like, it pleased me to know that I would be seeing her uh, boobs eventually. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a similar moment. I, I, I ended up chalking it up to both. <laughs> I think she's both a bad performer and made a really broad choice, which is because there was a point pretty early where I was just like, the wife's faux mid-Atlantic accent was like killing (laughs) me. It's kind of excruciating. I think was a choice. I think that was a deliberate choice to play a pastiche character. Yeah, she's married to a character named Franklin Carlyle, so she probably read that and was like, that makes sense. Yeah, this will make sense. I think she made a choice as an actor to play broad, but then did not have the chops to pull off making that character into something actually interesting and yeah. also didn't have the material yeah for the it. script doesn't give her a lot to play around with like her reaction right. to him getting like his head bashed in by a two by four is like oh sorry anyway did you read mitch's proposal it's like there's like no <laughs> it would be a lot of pirouettes to bring any dimension to it and she uh didn't but the the, the thing is it it assists in the end it, it is like helpful because i don't feel anything towards Franklin and the wife as a coupling. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. You seem like you need something. And Lynn seems awesome. Yeah. And that was what, and it was also what was funny is you'd think, and it's why I'm, I'd be excited to watch the sequel and other erotically thrilling B movies is like, I assumed that all the female performers were cast for other assets. 
I assume that it was just like, hey, here's three actors who will get naked on camera for us. And, you know, we're writing a movie, so let's give them parts. Why not? But <laughs> Becky and Lynn are like, they felt cast as those roles. Whereas the wife, that felt like what I thought it would all be. Right. Mm. She, she's willing to get naked on camera and, and we'll let her like hammer out some lines, I guess. Yeah. And I think is effective in being hateable in the way that she's supposed to. We're supposed to root for Franklin to ditch this boring, stodgy life, which the, the out is given by Sam Silver in the form of, hey, man, fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what a credo. <laughs> when he is presented with, man, fuck that shit, it's, I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I've never met a white man in the world who hasn't thought or said that at least once or twice in their lives. And it was like, he, that was a, a mind explosion yeah, yeah. for him. He was like, what? I could say fuck that shit? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, watch out, world. Yeah. But have you been on the quotes page on IMDb for this movie? Because Sam Silver, colon, fuck that shit, is one of the quotes. Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's, 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 the, that's the theme of the movie. Maybe that's the moral we've all been searching for, is the moral is Sam Silver, colon, fuck that shit. And in this movie, it is both literal and figurative. <laughs> fuck that shit, man. Fuck that shit, man. Fuck that shit, man. Franklin leaves his wife to go find that Lynn is dead. She has his scarf around her neck, so he's going to be blamed Ty. for it. Ty. Oh, right. I know you're colorblind, but are you also <laughs> neckwear blind? <laughs> when you're both color and neckwear blind, every event is a black tie event. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's Saturday. Are you going somewhere? Uh, you know what? I just remembered some work that I needed to do, and I left it at the office. Mitch's uh, proposal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch's proposal and, um, some other stuff. Um, gee, I'm really sorry, honey. Uh, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll be back later, okay? Well, when are you coming home? Uh, later, but I'll call first, okay? Mm. Well, mind you do, Franklin. Yeah, so he's considering this mayoral campaign, and now that he's going to get more press, he needs to, like, figure out this whole, I just had sex with a stripper situation, <laughs> which is, my therapist would say, you probably don't want to be running for mayor. You know, that's like, if you're going out and being like, yeah, you know what, tonight's the night I go have sex with a stripper, you probably actually don't want to be mayor. If history has told us anything, it is the exact opposite. <laughs> Lynn gets wheeled out of her apartment on a gurney and they are terrible at their job so they just reveal her dead body <laughs> just immediately yeah, to the, her neighbor the, the sheet falls off to her neighbor to be like hey this is her right it's like well, i don't need to verify that yes it's you took the dead body of the apartment of course it's her no we just want to check <laughs> which should be no surprise considering lynn earlier was like, I want you to choke me. Have you ever done that before? Franklin says, no. And she goes, it's okay. I trust you, yeah. Yeah. new stranger man, in the real in the worst part of time. And no safe word. No oh, safe, safe word. word. No, they've made no choice together about the way that they're going to be playing. Uh, a beautiful moment of the movie zigging when I think it's going to zag. They have their choke play sex scene. 
which is pretty hot, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm not not a lot of this movie is hot. It's pretty hot. <laughs> they have their choke play sex scene, and seemingly it goes too far. Like you know, he starts to get really into it. They haven't established a safe word. There's a moment where it seems like she's kind of panicking. there is a kind of fake out. Yeah, yeah. it's a good fake. He out. finishes, and I expect it to be like, yeah, she's dead, and this is the movie now. And Sam Silver is responsible. So I expected Sam Silver to like pop out with like a. A camera and be like, surprise, aha, you've got, you've fallen for me yet again, Franklin Carlyle. She like comes back to life and was like, that was incredible. Was awesome. Was great. I really loved it. And, and it's like, oh, silly, I'm not dead. You can't kill yeah. me. Cut to her dead. Her dead. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> but it's important so that we know that there's no unreliable narrator. We know that Franklin didn't kill her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was really good. So who did? Who, who did? But the old lady snitches immediately. So, yeah. If you saw him again, would you be able to uh, recognize him? There he is. That's the man there. And then sends the cop after Franklin on a really, really terrible chase. It's really yeah, not, not a great, not a great not very chase good. sequence. But I did like that it ends with. Sam gets like handcuffed to a cross and then Sam uses some kind of power to give the cop a heart attack. The power of Christ compels you. The moment between Sam and the black cop where they're tussling a white homeless man and a black cop tussling whilst the yin yang is in frame yeah i was just like i was like man the metaphor that this is going for is strained at very fucking best how did the cop end up tussling with sam sam was sitting amongst the you know trash of the alleyway and so as the cop walked by he tripped over sam's leg and then picks up sam and starts oh that's assaulting an officer yeah exactly it just starts picking up this homeless guy who tripped who he tripped over and starts beating yeah. the shit out of him. Uh, as st- forgot, apparently forgotten totally about the murderer he was chasing. <laughs> and just like, you ruined my... I was speed running that asshole. <laughs> like, I was... You ruined my, <laughs> my PR shot. And then, like, starts beating the shit out of him. I, Car- Franklin is watching and hiding. I assume because these guys are now best of friends, the scene is going to be Franklin now running in and saving him. Nah. <laughs> nope. Sam has the power to save himself. I was not ready for the devil to give him a coronary. It's called the reverse Lazarus, guys. (laughs) That's one of those sexy new moves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come back to life, baby. (laughs) But then it's after the cop's heart death that Franklin runs back over and goes, Jesus Christ, and Sam Mm -hmm. hung chained to a pipe crucifix is like speaking of which get me down will you looks like he had a heart attack chasing you man now they're not gonna blame me for that are they that's not my fault i didn't touch him well if i know cops and i do they won't care man according to their law you just killed one of them you could spin anything any kind of way but it's real hard to spin Officer has heart attack. In car, in car. Dude, that guy did it. Well, I mean, to be fair, y'all, Sam Silver don't leave no evidence. <laughs> yeah, Franklin. Franklin leaves. Sam says he go is going to the car to get the 
key to the cuffs and then steals from the cop and blows up the car. Yeah, blows it up with his mind. No, yeah. no, no, yes. well, no, 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 This no, one no. they give us this an explanation right. for. beautiful right. about right. this movie. Sam does go over to the cop, knock him over and take his keys and then sees the shotgun. Oh yeah, takes the shotgun for later. We get a Chekhov shotgun. The, sees the shotgun and steals it, but we get a cutaway of the gas tank from the car leaking and the cop's cigarette that had fallen on the floor of the car. So is Sam Silver doing that? Did he do the gas tank as well? Because he walks away with the shotgun under his jacket, then turns around just in time to see the car explode. I loved that. <laughs> I loved his timed turnaround. So much better. So much better than Cool Guy Walk Away. Was so much more effective. And also, just like you could hide the fact that he probably like flinched or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a pretty cool shot, I gotta say. It's a good use of an exploding car. It could or could not be Sam's doing. We actually don't know. Yeah, exactly. They keep it vague whether or not the devil done did it that is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled oh god <laughs> franklin runs back to the office to establish an alibi but becky's been there all day he sends her home but there was a letter there which i thought in an interesting filmmaking move he's reading the letter and it's read in all of the different voices mm -hmm. of the people who it could have been written by which i so actually thought sweet. was really clever so good yeah that yeah. was neat i've never seen that before dear councilman carlisle I'm sure the police and the media would like to know about your recent activities. <laughs> Meet me at the Yin Yang Club at 8 o'clock tonight. Come alone. I also liked a character attempting to gain an alibi, losing the alibi, but gaining blackmail. Yeah. <laughs> He's up, but not in the ways he wants to be. He goes home to his wife to find her banging Mitch. Franklin, you were supposed to call, she says. <laughs> so sweet. I love when someone in the Ron immediately makes it the other person's <laughs> yeah, fault. Very <laughs> Which is also great because earlier... Franklin tries to spice up their love life by banging his wife on the table. Oh, yeah. Yes, then, when yes. he, then when he comes oh, in, I hadn't Mitch is banging of that. her on the table. Yes. yes. It's a pretty good spot. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's so good. Mitch gets knocked out cold. Franklin goes to clean himself off. He hears gunshots, comes back, and his wife and Mitch are both dead the from most, gunshots to the head. The most efficient killer. It's the so most fast. efficient yeah. killer in the world. Walked in, walked out. Waste no bullets. Like and the, yeah, <laughs> there's a gun left on the table with a note that says, just says eight, but the gun is full of bullets. So they gave him a gun? <laughs> Becky really had him figured out. Uh, this is, <laughs> it's the sort of plot that only your assistant could pull off because she like knew. <laughs> Someone who knows you that intimately and knows your schedule perfectly. Like she was right behind him at this point in the movie. Becky is like right oh, outside the window. She's just following there. him yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I mean, frankly, basically sees a gun and goes, let me get my fingerprints all yeah, over this shit. That's what I was thinking. Was, but earlier he was like, no way I'm touching the cop's body. Now he's like, this gun? Murder weapon, murder weapon, murder weapon. I gotta tie myself to these murders. Well, dead bodies are gross and guns are cool. You see a gun, you want to pick it up. I'm sorry. It's cool. He goes to the Yin Yang Club at the presumed time. There's a single club. He calls out to Sam. Sam's like stalking around in the dark, doesn't reveal himself. Franklin walks in, is immediately knocked out cold. 
He wakes yeah, up tied again, to a chair. Look two by fours, y'all. So many two by fours. Yeah, so that probably wasn't Sam stalking around in the dark. That probably was. It Becky. was right. Oh, it was. I assumed Becky. it was Sam. Yes. Yeah, of course right. you assumed it was the devil. You assumed the bad guy was <laughs> the fucking the implied devil. Franklin wakes up tied to a chair. A figure comes out dressed in all white, wearing the scariest mask I have ever seen in my entire life. This is a scene from my nightmare. This is the scariest (laughs) thing we've watched for this show, hands down. This is a porn parody of the new Marvel Moon Knight series, but like (laughs) 30 years too early. This scene goes on a long time. Because it's once again two songs. Like Two different this movie does not believe in singular strip dances. Both about goodbyes. Both, both songs are about, are about goodbyes. goodbyes. But we were both hoping for like oh, for a split second. No, no way longer yeah, than a split second. Split second. That it was, I think I think I know. That it was gonna be Sam. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I was really to be Sam so badly. So badly. I like because I, no, I was like the mask. It's definitely Becky, right? It's like, God damn it. <laughs> There's one other woman in this movie. Is it weird that I thought it was the wife <laughs> she and that she, oh. she had faked it yeah no, and I was plausible. I guess, logical. Yeah, I but I wanted it to be Sam and even so when we saw bad. boobs I was like it could yeah. still be we could Sam be beyond, we, never saw we could be topless. beyond the valley of the dolls yeah, we could be beyond the Valley of the Dolls right now. I don't. Yeah, yeah. it's like especially because the outfit is like super drapey, super yeah, it's drapey. All, it's all billowy. It's like a Jabberwocky <laughs> white mask, right? And sort of Lawrence of Arabia esque like white rope and robe work. Yeah, yeah, around yeah. the head, and it's all billowy. And of course, yes, garters, garters, gotta, gotta, gotta garters. be garters. But it's flowy enough that I'm not really noticing curves necessarily. So I like I really for longer than. It should it should have held out hope that it was Sam. <laughs> it was gonna yeah. be. He was gonna take the mask off and be like, like I said, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> if the stripper had taken off the mask at that point and it was Sam, this movie would be my favorite movie. That would have erased every other negative thing I would have ever thought about this movie. That would yes. have been so unbelievably rad. But I would say for a pun heavily intended climax scene, we got a pretty <laughs> fine consolation prize to Sam being the stripper. Because yes, it, it is revealed that it's Becky, his assistant this whole time, who has gone all sorts of crazy. Yeah. Her <laughs> monologue is very unhinged. You shouldn't have done it. Oh. Not with a tramp like her. You hurt me. You were everything I lived for. My clean councilman. And then you had to fuck a stripper. Was it fun? She liked to be choked. Was it fun to choke her? I bet it was. Because I loved it. She did it well. It's nuts. It's all it's it's many tons of nuts. But. It's sold, but I'm still not clear on what her motivation was. Josh, I'll tell you, and I actually I like it when movies do this, which is we assume the naked obsession was of Franklin to mm. Lynn, mm. but the naked obsession was of Becky to Franklin. Oh, the titular Titch. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was great. And then because she had like given her life up to him as being she believed him to be this squeaky clean 
messianic like leader. But she learned he was but a man with human appetites. She <laughs> is going to kill him. And her method for doing so, pretty fucking rad. It's, oh, incredible. Pretty fucking rad. What a way to go. What Takes a way to go. off of her robes this like white noose, tucking it underneath the chair he's on so that she could strangle him while blowing him. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. The visual of that is quite graphic. Awesome. (laughs) It's the perfect climax scene because he's literally, it's his O face. (laughs) The sort of fulfillment of sexual fantasy between a boss and secretary. She like usually doesn't have all this like weight tied to it in erotic thrillers, (laughs) but she's. I mean, have you seen secretary? (laughs) Ooh, I guess, yeah, with the exception of secretary. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Literally exactly what it is. Yeah, I guess that's touche. I, again, may have been two or exactly the right amount of horny. I was like, this is kind of hot. Like, I couldn't help but, like, be like, this is, like, weirdly sexy. And he's dying, so it's scary. It's the whole movie wrapped into one image. It's sexy. He's dying. He's getting a fantasy fulfilled while he's getting murdered. And then the vision that he had from the very beginning of the movie of Sam Silver with a shotgun is there to not kill him but save the day. Because out of this, <laughs> but not before we were treated to some beautiful video toaster yes. and in K hole yeah. images. It's a real DMT release. It's moment. a Rorschach sex dream, basically. <laughs> As the oxygen leaves his mind, he's whisked away through a spinning fan and some stargates into seeing Sam sitting in a chair with a book, and he turns yeah. and he says, "Oh no, no." You're early. Further confusing me and the metaphor. <laughs> I mean, he's God. He's the devil. He's all of it. He is the entirety of... Father, son, house of good. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam fulfills the vision, shoots Becky in the back with a shotgun, and leaves her a tip and frees Franklin. Just the tip. Yeah, there's a lot of blasting lot going of blasting. on at that point. <laughs> also, very uh, a, a surgical shot on the part of Sam Silver. Yeah, to not hit Franklin with any of the buckshot is impressive. <laughs> or for it to go through. Yeah, exactly. Like also his, hit his penis is in her head. Like, <laughs> to hit, it would only have to go through half oh of her head God. to yeah. hit his penis. Where she goes, oh Ow! Uh, yeah! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I will tell oh. you! Comes back in strip teaser. Oh! oh. Now that's a strip teaser. Do we have to watch this movie? We might have to watch this Do we need to watch this or not? It might have to be We'll episode. be watching it on my video high, which is the erotic thriller <laughs> podcast. This will be great when we break apart and we are like the Beach Boys. We like each member has their own touring version of the Beach Boys. <laughs> I, I'm, I, well, I have John Stamos. I call Damn John it. Stamos. <laughs> I take Dave Coulier. Sam gives Franklin a uh, tape of Becky's confession, which he can clear his name, but he's like, fuck that shit. I want to see people, not constituents. I want to I wanna visit neighborhoods, not districts. I want to look at pretty women. I don't want to have to worry whether or not there's a reporter standing over my shoulder. I want a life. I want a life. Whatever you say, man. 
Franklin asks Sam who he is. Sam says, just Sam Silver. Franklin turns around and he's gone. (laughs) Then Franklin drives off into the alleyway and we get the most confusing music choice in the entire movie to me. Ragtime over the credits? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, it started, whoa, 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 it started whoa, whoa, at the whoa. beginning. Honk, honk, <laughs> you forgot about the fact that after Franklin turns back to see, Sam Silver has disappeared. And the barrel fire that oh, Sam yeah. Silver had disappeared next to suddenly goes out. That... Uh, yeah, that's pretty and rad. then cut to like I don't know the uh, the Saints go marching in on like ragtime piano. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out it, what the song is because if it is till the Saints come marching in, that would be awesome. That would be so it's, so, it's like, but I don't think it but is. It's, it's it's whatever. It's close. We'll be playing it now. You listener can decide how close. Which it, <laughs> what is this song? The movie starts with it, which uh, to me says the movie's going to be set in New Orleans and then ends with it, which also kind of makes a similar case of which we know nothing. (laughs) It evoked for me at the beginning, considering what the beginning was, a sort of folksy politician thing, like a sort of like, you know, he gets, you know, he's literally at, at an altar in that first fantasy giving us a political speech at a church and they're playing like dang 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 to reuse that music after this movie where he tangled with god and or the devil and came out as <laughs> in the pale moonlight uh, yeah exactly he became the joke he got jokerified but good <laughs> i mean i like the theme of it of franklin learning to figure out what he actually wants and pursue something in life that's meaningful but it's, uh, I think it's telling that it's like a white man needs to literally meet and hang out with God a number of times <laughs> to learn that, like, oh, I need to not just lead a vapid life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a confused metaphor, if nothing else. Sometimes you just need to be told to live moss by the devil, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are you, anyway? Sam Silver. See you later. What if God could come on us? <laughs> Get hard looking at perky butts. <laughs> Drinking schnapps outside a bus. Because he doesn't have a home. Why not throw God a bone? Literally, <laughs> also, he may be the devil. Rip off her pull card. <laughs> <laughs> the Naked Obsession Rip Off Her Pork Card is brought to you by Allegary's Ascots. Tie me up and go to Paradise, Purgatory, or Nine Levels of Elsewhere. Come in for now. Hot deals on our new Blood Red collection. Not for virgins or virgils. And please, no sticks in the mud. Run, walk, take a boat, or hell, even limbo over to one of Allegary's Ascot showrooms today. Wow. Despite the ludicrous nature of the plot, the overall concept of Naked Obsession is actually actually based on true events, albeit extremely loosely. Wait, what? Yes. In 1986, the death of Jennifer Levin by the hands of Robert Chambers became a media sensation. 
The young couple had started a summer fling, and after a night at their favorite bar, around 4.30 a.m., the two went into Central Park. About two hours later, the body of Levin was found by a cyclist. She had been strangled, and when the police and ambulances arrived, Chambers lurked nearby, watching. He was brought in for questioning, of course, and immediately stated that the scratches on his face hmm, were from his cat. This story, of course, changed through the questioning process, where he later revealed that the couple was into rough sex. This became a central tenet of his forthcoming defense. When the story broke and he went to trial, due to his movie star-like good looks, he was nicknamed the Preppy Killer and became a media frenzy. Though New York in those days, and especially Central Park, was a hotbed for crime and murders, this story launched into the national spotlight, such to the point that it was apparently difficult to find impartial jurors. The first juror, when interviewed, said, quote, that he's even better looking in person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stealing that the next time I get jury duty. (laughs) Yes, because she was dismissed. (laughs) Much of Chambers defense had to do with his assertion that he had been raped by Levin. Though, through twists and turns of the trial, in mid-1988, a current affair acquired and aired a video of Chambers at a party days before his trial, hanging out with a bunch of women in their underwear, at one point playing with a Barbie doll that he twists the head off of. When he does that, he says, oops, I think I've killed her. Possibly (laughs) innocuous, but not great for publicity, this apparently changed the tone of the entire trial to the point where not long after, during a deadlock jury meeting, Chambers ultimately took a plea bargain, pleading guilty to first-degree manslaughter, ultimately carrying out his 15-year prison sentence, being released in 2003, ultimately only to end up back in prison in 2008 on drugs charges. Wow. So... Just remember, when you're watching Naked Obsession, it has roots in life, question mark, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been the Naked Obsession ripoff report card. What if God were one of us? Watching us obsess over sexy murderers, would God be like... (laughs) Fuck, that's weird. Why are y'all so fucking extra? (laughs) Rip off report card. There's really nothing we as a country like more than sexy murderers, is there? Truly no. (laughs) Put your clothes back on, everybody. Yep, we were naked this whole time. Surprise. (laughs) You didn't know. You can't prove it. Yeah, we were naked the entire podcast. Ha 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 ha. You had no idea. Uh, that was Naked Obsession. What from this film could be on the final test? Well, I for one now know that when I go into sketchy neighborhoods, I always have to check off screen for Rogue 2 by 4s Check off screen? <laughs> Hit the bell. <laughs> My sex ed classes in the 90s did not prepare me for what Naked Obsession had in store. So that's one point to video high, zero points, Gorham High School. <laughs> God, I can't wait till we get accreditation. <laughs>
I would say, I, I, you know, it was only halfway through the second playing of the Dark Side song that I realized <laughs> the point of the Star Wars prequels should have been to pitch us on the dark side, right? That's the whole idea. Yeah. It should have taken notes from this movie. Made the dark side seem awesome. I would love to be on the dark side now. <laughs> so having not seen any other psychosexual thrillers in my life, I think I'm good, right? Is that everything I needed to know? Yeah, yeah probably. I think so. Cool. You should try having sex, though. I've heard good things. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Have anything else, y'all? No, I think I'm good. That sounds very sexual. Was it good for you? Was it good for you? Yeah. I don't know, guys. Was it. Did we finish? (laughs) Go and take a cold shower after that steamy episode, listeners. Video High would like to thank our teacher, Mr. Philip Marlowe, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for the theme music. Justin Ferrero of the Rizzos did our bed music. And thank you to Ann Shearer for our logo. And our sexy, sexy Video High crew, Greg Hansen, Casey Regan, Josh Roth, and me, Jamie Kennedy. In our next episode, you may think you know vampires because you've watched your Draculas and Edwards, but you haven't yet met 1993's Project Vampire. This one is truly the definition of homework. Thankfully, we have special guest Dave Colombo to help us survive the night. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We love those sexy murderers. From John Wick to the Menendez brothers. In your ear. Podcast Network.